It's about that time again. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to the Bible and Coffee Show. Amen. I'm your host, Pastor Maurice Anderson from Praise by Nature Ministries, and I am so excited and elated that you are tuning in to our show today. Amen to God. Now, if you have not noticed already, we are studying the Word of God, and we will have a cup of coffee with us. So stay tuned out. Chapter 5, amen. Chapter 5, verse uh, 6 through 8, that is where we will have our reading from today. Chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, 1 Peter, amen, is the book that we will be uh, reading from today, hallelujah. Amen. Telling you, God is just so good to us. Amen. We just want to say praise the Lord to everybody. Amen. That is here. Amen. Uh, Those that are tuning in online. Hallelujah. We certainly greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're just so elated for you uh, all uh, being here with us. Amen. Hallelujah. God is like I said, God has just been so good to us. Amen. I can't tell it all. Hallelujah. Amen. So we'll be in 1 Peter. Amen. Chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 6. Amen. Verse 6 through 8. Amen. And I'm going to read it in a couple of uh, translations here. I'm going to read it um, in the New American Standard Translation that I read from here. And then I'm going to also read it again in the uh, Amplified Version, amen, so that uh, maybe we can get a little bit more uh, insight, amen, in the Word of God today, hallelujah. So again, um, before we do that, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, God, I just ask you right now, Father, to touch me in a mightiful way, Father God. I ask you, God, to bless this message today for your people, Father God. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts so that we can hear and see your word, Father God. Let your word be a blessing unto our spirits, Father God, and plant a seed in our hearts right now, Father. In the precious name of Jesus, we all say and pray, amen. Amen to God. Hallelujah. Certainly, again, we just thank you all. Amen for uh, being here. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and read um, the text here at hand here. Hallelujah. And, And the scripture reads, amen, in the book of, in the book of Peter, it simply reads this way. Um, it says here, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your anxieties or anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8 says, Be sober of spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Amen. Let's go ahead and read that in the Amplified Version. And it says here, Therefore, humble yourselves, meaning to demote, lower yourself in your own estimation Under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Verse 7 says, Casting the whole care of all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, 
once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And lastly, it says, be well balanced, tempered, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of your uh, enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to see, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to discuss with you again, amen, part two, amen, of clarity. And I really want to focus today on the subject of casting your cares. Amen. We're calling this clarity too, but focusing on casting one's cares. It's interesting here, brothers and sisters. Uh, last week, we talked and discussed about clarity. We talked about clarity in a sense of getting a godly understanding in any issue within your life. And not to lean to your understanding, nor lean to ungodly understandings. What does that mean? The Bible says that blessed is the man that takes counsel not in the ungodly. Which indicates to us that the Lord wants us not to take counsel, take advice from those who are ungodly because... They are not going to have our best interests at hand because they are not influenced by the Spirit of God. So we dealt with that last week because we, I, I, the Lord wants to make it clear to us that it's important that we choose who we cast our cares upon. How many know that you can cast your cares upon someone who is not godly and then in return, they give you the okie doke and you start doing something contrary to the will of God because you had trust in those individuals. I believe that every one of us at one particular time in our life has faced a situation where we have cast our cares to the wrong individuals, not understanding that it was detriment to our soul and our life. And so the reality here is, is that God wants us not to cast our cares upon the ungodly. So the Lord reminded us last week that Handling our issues is a must to really overcome, hallelujah, uh, uh, overcome and gain victory in our lives. So last week we looked at Paul and we looked at his letter to the Philippian church, which was a letter to regain our joys during trials and tribulations. Paul told us in Philippians 4 that we are to rejoice. He says again, I say rejoice. And Paul uh, began to discuss to the Philippian church that it's imperative that no matter what you face, you need to find your joy in the things of the Lord. And we talked about, he talked about giving us an antidote on how to um, deal with that. Because we have to remember that there was a lot of chaos and division within that city. There was chaos and division within that community. It was so bad to the point that they had trust issues. And because the community had trust issues, they could not cast their cares upon anybody because they could not trust them which then begin to allow them to have the spirit of anxiety and worrying. I want to give you here this quote about worrying. 
I want you to understand that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Understand this. The society that they're in and the society that we face today, right, when we don't handle and deal with our issues, we begin to have a spirit of worrying. And again, worrying is like a rocking chair. It only gives you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. And I believe here today that God wants us to get victory over our issues and struggles in our life so that we are not just having something to do, but we're actually gaining victory in our lives. I don't want to be like a rocking chair having something to do, but never gaining victory in my life. Hallelujah to your name. So Paul gives the church some antidotes to fix this. He tells them to rejoice. He tells them that the Lord will restore them. And ultimately, after rejoicing, there is going to be some peace that surpasses all understandings. You and I need to realize that when we seek the face of God, we are doing this so that we can get some peace. We can get some peace that surpasses our natural understandings. And we can gain some peace, hallelujah, that is going to give us rest for our soul. How many of you need rest for your souls? There are some of us, amen, that need rest for our souls, rest for our spirits, rest because we're going through so much. We need rest uh, for our souls. And so here, Paul tells us and shows us through verse 4 through uh, 8 how to get that back, amen. And we hash that out in Bible study. So I won't rehash and relitigate it right now, amen. But we need rest for our souls. And so Paul told us yes, last week how to move forward. And so just a reminder of some of the phases that we went through, amen, in order to gain rest for our soul. We had the get it out phase. You remember that was, that was the, 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 the place or the phase where you're going to praise. That's either scream, screaming to the Lord, talking and out to the Lord, etc. But you're going to have that get it out phase because you cannot continue to suppress what you feel. You have to learn how to get it out in the name of Jesus. How many know that if you don't get it out? you will only begin to sink deeper and deeper into the mess and the struggles that you are facing in your life. And so number one was to get it out. Number two then begins to address that very issue that you are going through. Because how many know you just can't get it out without addressing? And addressing meant that, amen, that we are going to address the issue with the Lord. That this is... This is detailed with telling him what you're most worried about. How many know? And it was interesting. I was reading, reading some things here. Amen. And, 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 and you know, in your prayer time is when you can have that conversation with the Lord and keep telling him what you're most worried about. Hallelujah to your name. Because. That is when you can communicate and say, God, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. I'm really worried about this. And, and I, don't ha I don't see any help, you know, in sight. This is the time that that addressing phase that you can tell the Lord what you most worried about. Hallelujah. This also is an indication that you may have to repeat this on a daily basis until you gain victory in your mind. I need you to understand that sometimes just saying it once may not work because you still feel the pain of what you're going through. So it is okay to continue to talk to the Lord until you start to relieve, receive some release and pressure from your life. 
You may be in a get it out or addressing it on a daily basis. There was one article that says that we heal in, in groups of 21s. Dr. Dr. Leaf said that there, we heal in, 20, in groups of 21s, meaning that it may take 21 days for you to, to, to keep talking it out until you're not phased with it, until you get enough strength and clarity to move forward. But you've got to start by addressing it. And what other great person than to address it with than the Lord? This is where you can take advantage of your prayer time and talk to God. You say, God, I don't have nothing to talk to. Well, yes, you do. What are you most worried about? What keeps you up at night? You can start right there. We're going someplace here. And then... Third is the accountability phase. This is with the understanding that I, meaning you, are the only one that can circumvent God's plan for your life. You have to take accountability for you, your issues, your struggles. You have to take accountability and you need to understand that you may be standing in your way of getting victory. Sometimes we want victory, but we are our worst enemy because we keep talking ourselves out of getting victory in our lives. Don't be the one standing in your own way, get, trying to get your own victory, but you keep blocking yourself. You keep circumventing the things of God. It's accountability phase. And in this accountability phase, this is going to lead you to repent for the wrongdoing and if needed for you to forgive others. This is going to put you in a position where accountability is understanding where you are at fault at and then understanding that I need to forgive others or address issues or kind of get it right. However, God starts to lead you. But this is a part of the clarity faith. Which leads us to reconnecting, which simply means to realign ourselves with God and doing his will and his way. Because once I take accountability, now I'm saying, God, not me, but let your will be done. Not my will be done. Let your will be done. God, let me decrease and you increase. God, show me the right way to do what I need to do so that I can move forward in the things of you. Because, God, I'm tired of just being who I am and not doing what you would call me to do. Because, God, you're still coming and I don't want to miss that train. I don't want to miss that train. I would be a fool. To miss that train. Which leads us to getting that clarity, that direction, that freedom in our mind to actually receive and walk out the things that God would have us to do. That is the result now of walking out with godly directions. This is walking, working out the plan of God that he has for you, realigning yourself with his commands. Hallelujah. Getting yourself resubmitted under the will of God, getting yourself recommitted to God's will and plan and saying that I'm going to live a free life in the name of Jesus. God didn't give you this Holy Ghost just to slap your neighbor and high five them all day, but he gave you this Holy Ghost to have power. You have power to be restored, have power to be regenerated, have power mm, to move forward in him. You've got the power on the inside if you got the Holy Ghost. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. So the first thing that we must understand now is we've got to understand who we are up against. Huh? We got to understand who we are up against. Why is this important? This is important because you need to know who your fight is with. This is why in 1 Peter 
5 and 8, he says to be sober in spirit, be alert, because your adversary, the devil, is around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. You need to know who you're up against. Peter gives two key commands here in this text. He says to be sober and to be alert. What does sober mean? Sober, sober means that it means to be free from every form of mental and spiritual drunkenness. Can I pause there? Be free from every mental and spiritual drunkenness. We like to just talk about mental and physical drunkenness, but we never talk about being spiritually drunk with the wrong spirit. Because if I am not free from those demonic strongholds, I am not sober. I am drunk with the wrong spirit. And that can come by me conversing with the wrong folks, casting my cares on them and them throwing it back at me to get me drunk with that spirit to pull me away from God. I ain't got time to be talking with the wrong ones. But I got to know God who they are in my life. Ah, hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah. So, it also means that I need to be free from excessive passion, rashness, and confusion. I need to be free from it. Rashness, confusion. Hallelujah to your name. I need to be free from it in the name of Jesus. I need to be, lastly, I need to be well balanced and have self-control. That's what sober means. I need to be free from every mental and spiritual drunkenness. I need to be free from excessive passion, rashness, and confusion. Because how many know that God is not the author of confusion? If you confuse, you're under the wrong influence and you're not sober. Mm. My God ain't the author of confusion. No, he's not. Hallelujah. And so he also says that we need to be alert. What does alert mean? It means to be in consistent readiness. Be on alert. Keep our eyes. Keep, keep one's eyes open. This is what he says. We need to be on alert. We need to be in constant Constant readiness, right? This is what Pete, this is why Peter is saying what he's saying. Peter is saying that this is important for us to be in the right mind and be on guard because the devil and his angels are constantly trying to devour us. And one of the easiest ways to devour us is us pouring our heart out to the wrong individual and them taking advantage of it and, get, and putting a, a roofie in our spirit. Mm. Next thing you know, you caught up because you talked to the wrong one. And you gave, and you, and you gave them access you gave them access to the wrong one. Hallelujah to your name. You caught up with the wrong one and gave them access to you for free because you casted your cares upon all of them. Mm. This is why we need to be on alert and on guard at all times. Because if we're not, hallelujah to your name, the enemy will come against us and try to devour us. This leads us to devour. What does devour mean? Devour simply means to destroy, conceived as swallowing hurriedly or greedily in one drink. The enemy wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. 
He wants to swallow you up with wickedness. Hallelujah to your name. He wants to swallow you up with wickedness. So it is fitting here for us to understand that why we must be on guard in whom we cast our cares to. You don't want to be in that situation where you have given free access to someone to devour you. You say, well, pastor, I don't know. But I'm telling you, it's easier said than done. Because when you're in a vulnerable state, sometimes you just want somebody to talk to. Or sometimes you just want to talk to somebody that's going to be on your side and not give you the truth, but give you what you want to hear. And that's not always, that's not healthy. You want someone that is going to tell you the truth when the truth is needed, regardless of if you want to hear it or not. You can, you can still correct them in love. Hey, bruh, hey, sis, you know, I understand that's how you feel, but that ain't right. And there's nothing wrong with that. A true friend, a true confidant, a true person who is godly has to defend what's godly. You have to defend what is godly. Mm. Now watch this. The flip side is, is that us who are being the cares cast onto, we have an obligation. Galatians says this. Brethren, even if anyone is caught up in any trespass, Galatians 6 and 1, any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one in one spirit of gentleness. Each one look into yourself so that you too will not be tempted. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible says that you who are spiritual, you who are being, you who is receiving what people are casting on, you who are God led, you have an ability to restore people. You have a responsibility to restore people the God way by listening to the spirit of God. Mm. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side, if a person has their own motives, they're not working under the spirit of God. They're working under the influence of the devil. Mm -hmm. You'll know them because they always just tell you, well, if it was me, I'm doing da, 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 da. Well, I'm finna, because don't let them come to me, because I'm finna just go to the moon and back, because you ain't going to do X and Y to me. Y'all know exactly what I'm saying. It's a difference if they're giving a perspective, but that's all they do well, is point it back to what you're going to do, and they're supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost and godly and not give you any godly advice. You may be talking to the wrong one. <laughs> you may be talking to the wrong one. Right? Because one of the easiest ways. Now, 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 watch this. Let me help you out here. There is a way to suss this out. There is a way to find out people for who they is. I had to get street with y'all for who they is, not who they are, who they is. <laughs> There's a way to suss them out. One of the easiest ways is that when you begin to cast your cares, the first thing that you do is you pray to God first. God, I know I'm tripping, but God, I ain't trying to be tripping more than what I'm tripping on right now. <laughs> God, I need your help right now. So I'm getting ready to call so-and-so. Please let so-and-so be the right person, but, but let me know right now. Let them say something so blatantly wrong that I know they ain't the right person. Something. Because I ain't trying to be tripping more than what I'm tripping already. The easiest way is to pray and say, God, reveal the motive. Reveal the heart of the people you're speaking to. Also, even before you start discussing, when you are with that individual, pray first. Pray first. Pray first. Right. You got to do this. You got to protect yourself. 
I remember one time I just said, listen, if you ain't right, God going to show me. He may not show me right now, but believe me, he going to show me because I ain't just coming to just come. And sometimes we get involved and we 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 deep in the sand and then we realize they ain't right. Well, OK, now that you realize, amen, now close the door. But it is up to you to pray, even though you are hurt, you are worried. You still got to pray. This is why the Bible says it doesn't it doesn't give a clause here. If you're hurting or free, it says what? Try the spirit by the spirit. The Bible says in first John four and one through three says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe air spirit. But test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. Y'all ain't hearing me. Do not believe every spirit. But test the spirit. Try the spirit by the spirit. Do not believe. Every spirit. Bible says in verse two, by this, you will know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus, confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Mm -hmm. Verse three says, and every spirit does that does not confess Jesus Christ to confess Jesus is not from God. But this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which whom, of which you have heard, in, heard that it is coming and now it is already in the world. So you got an obligation now. You got to try the spirit by the spirit. I know you hurting. I know you in pain. I know you spun now. But Lord, I'm already tripping. So don't let me be tripping even more than what I'm already tripping. Lord, don't let me be even more crazy than what I'm already crazy. I'm already wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in a bunch of mess. But Lord, I don't want to get even more tangled up. My mess is enough. But when I'm talking to somebody, let them be of you. Let me know that they are from you. Mm -hmm. this, is what, this is why you and I need to be alert. Cause I ain't. I'm already tripping. <laughs> you know when you already tripping, you like, hey, I don't want to be talking to nobody else who gonna make me trip out even more. Don't you know you can talk to the wrong person? You already tripping, and you just be worse than when you left off. You feel more disgusted. You feel more down. You you just you know you not there. You was already not there, but you really ain't there. She talking to the wrong one. That's why God is saying you got to try them. I know you're hurt. I know you're weary. I know you're going through, but you've got to test them. Got to try it. Because you don't want to have a Cain experience where he gave in to the spirit of the enemy and walked away from God. I ain't trying to walk away. I don't want to walk away. But the enemy wants me to walk away. He says he's seeking who he may devour. He just didn't say that for kicks and giggles. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to walk away from God. And this is what leads us to casting our cares. Oh, this is good, y'all. <laughs> mm. This is good. This leads us to casting our cares. The Bible says, in the Bible says in verse six and seven of first Peter chapter five, it tells us to humble ourselves right under the mighty hand of God that he God may exalt us at the proper time. And it says to cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares. So the key in verse six is to humble the key in verse six is to be humble. Humble means to cause to be or become humble in attitude. 
humble, making humble in the favorable sense. God is saying that you need to lower yourself. You need to lower yourself. It also has the meaning to bow down beneath the hand of God. Humble also means to submit yourself under the authority of God. Mm-hmm. Genesis 16 and 19, 16 and 9 says, the angel of the Lord said to her, remember, it says to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her authority. The last part, submit yourself under the authority. Humble means that you are going to submit yourself under the authority of God. And what's the key? What's the key to submitting yourself? The key is, is that when you submit yourself under the authority of God, the result is going to be that God is going to lift you up and exalt you and give you the increase at his time. Peter is stating that by humbling yourself, you are putting God in control of your life. You are letting God exalt you. You are letting God be God. Because remember, God knows what is best for you. You are letting go of you. You already tripping. You already spun out. What more can you do for you? You need God. You need God. You need God to change you. You need God to heal you. You need God to rearrange you. So you have to let go of you and let God. That song says, let go and let God have his way. Huh? It ain't got nothing to do with you now. Because you can't save yourself, but God can. Only God can do it. Only God can save your soul. And this was leads us to verse 7. The key word is casting. So Peter's message is to cast your anxieties on God. Let's look at that word anxiety. Anxiety means care, worry, right? It means means care or worry. Listen to what the Bible says. Listen to what the Bible says. Not pastor, but the Bible. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But a good word makes it glad. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 25, when you have anxiety, you have worry, you are restless in your spirit, it is going to weigh you down. Peter is saying, Paul is saying, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to walk around weighed down. I didn't get... God, I feel like shouting here. I didn't give you the Holy Ghost to to kick to continue to walking walk this life way down. As First Lady posted, we gotta clean our mental mess. We have to understand that we gotta walk in the things of God and say, I am not going to let my heart be weighed down. This, this, this weighing down is like somebody putting the an anchor on your mind and you're always sinking to the bottom because when you're going through, you feel like you're drowning in your mess. Come on now, I'm being 100. You feel like you're drowning. You feel like you can't, there's no air. You feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. The Bible says that when we have this anxiety, it's it's designed by the enemy to make us feel drunk, to make us feel weighed down, to make us lose our right mind and seek something ungodly, thinking that it's going to help us, only to get us more deep drowned in our sin. That's why he says you got to be sober minded. You got to have the mind of God, even when you're drowning. That's why when Paul was, Silas was locked up in jail, they were behind bars, but they were not going to let their situation drown them. They said, I choose to worship. I choose to glorify. I choose to magnify God. 
It doesn't matter where you at in your life because you got the Holy Ghost on the inside. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This goes for having anxiety. This goes for having some struggles. You have something greater on the inside of you that can resist and destroy how you feel being weighed down. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Mm. You need to speak in his language. You need to be transformed. You need to be converted in the name of Jesus. You need the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. You need that in your life. Oh, God. I'm so glad I got the Holy Ghost. Mm. You need the Holy Ghost. You don't need to just talk like you got it. You need to act like you got it. You need to have it on the inside. And you need to use it more than just every once in a while. You need that power. I want to look at a couple of examples here. I want to look at a couple of examples of this anxiety that leads to really restlessness. Amen to God. There's some examples here. Cain in Genesis uh, 4, 8 through 12, and I'm not going to read all of it here. But Cain here is called out for being restless. He is wondering restlessly because after he turned his back on God, how many know in verse 12, Cain became a vagabond. He became a wandering spirit. He just wandered around because he was restless because he went against God. Do you know that worrying and anxiety and casting cares to the wrong person can cause you to be a wandering soul? Going left and right, here and there, never having any peace. That, that, that's, that, that's what can happen. That's what can happen, for real. In Deuteronomy, it can cause you, in Deuteronomy 28, 64 through 67, it can cause instability. It, instability can cause can be caused by disobedience. Mm-hmm. Because I'm restless. I'm not stable. And when I'm not stable, I then jump to the, to the quickest thing, the, the quickest feel good that can cause me to be disobedient. Deuteronomy 64 says, Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among the people from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And there you shall serve other gods, wood, stones, which your fathers have not known. Among those nations you shall find no rest, and there will be no resting place for your soul, for the sole of your foot, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, felling eyes of despair of soul. Notice what the Bible says. He says, you're going to search around, and you'll find no rest. <laughs> You, you, you're not going to find no rest. 67 says, 66 says, so your life shall hang in doubt before you and you will be in dread night and day and shall have no assurance of your life. This is the cause of being disobedient. You won't have any rest. You won't have any assurance of your life. You're going to be up all day, all night, never having peace when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. 67 says, in the morning you shall say, would that it were evening, and that evening you shall say, would, you, would it that it were morning, because of the dread of your heart you shall dread for the sight of your eyes which you will see. So, in other words, because it's morning, you're going, man, I can't wait till it's evening. Then it's evening, man, I can't wait till it's morning. And you're going to be going around in a circle every day of your life because inconsistency, right, inconsistency, or instability can lead you to be disobedient. And then when you become disobedient and you pull away from God, you thought you didn't have peace. You really don't have any peace. Because you're restless. Right? That's what some of us say. 
So, and, our, and, our, and our work environment doesn't help us. Oh, when I get up in the morning, we go to bed looking at what we got to do the next day. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, Lord, I got to make sure I get this new shoe because I got to go to work. I got to look good. Yeah, I mean, there's always constant this, 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 and this. So now, you, oh, man, I can't wait till I get off work. Oh, man, I can't wait till I go in the morning because I got to do this. It's constant in circle. And God is saying, I've given you my spirit so that you can tap into this peace. Lord, I need my peace back. Because these folk driving me crazy. I need my peace. Mm. I need my joy back. This causes you to be restless through the night. Ecclesiastic 2 and 3. 2 and 23 says, Because all his days his task is painful and grievous, even at night his mind does not rest. This too is vanity. Y'all, this is good. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but this is good stuff. Because of his days, all his work is painful, grievous, even at night. There is no rest. He says this is vanity. I want to skip to the end game. Because the devil has an end game here. In Revelations, the end game here is doomed from worshipers of the beast that there will be no rest day and night. I want to let you know that in Revelations 14, 9 through 11, the end result of the devil's end game is so that you never have any rest day or night if you worship the beast. If you give in to the enemy, you're not going to have any rest day or night. You don't believe me? Let's read scripture. If he, uh, Revelations 14, 9 through 11, it says, Then the angel, then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his right hand, 10 says, He, shall, he will also be drunk with wine of wrath of God which is mixed in full strength in a cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the lamb. And the smoke, 11 says, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. Not, not, it doesn't stop. It says up forever and ever. They will have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. The end game, you are not going to have any rest. You're not going to have any peace. You're not. You, 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 you just not. You just not. Because you're casting your cash to the wrong person. Right. You say you 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 can't just go with the trees. You got to go where God leads you. That's why you got the Holy Ghost to pray even in your darkest hour. Lord, help me. This is what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to be tormented because he's being tormented. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. It wasn't made for you. But because of sin, folk are going there because they choose not to serve God. It ain't God's fault. It's their fault. He gave them a choice. They just said, I don't want to be with you. Now, you in the church who are casting your care to the wrong person, you open the door. I'm trying to tell you, your mouth opens the door for you to be connected with the wrong people. Because you're just talking to everybody, getting everybody's opinion, ain't talking to God. What do we say in dominoes? All money ain't good money. Just because, you, just because you can score 20 points don't mean you need to. What if you score 20 points and you lose dominoes and you lose a game? Ah, I, I got 20 points, but I lost the game. Isn't, isn't the goal to win the game? <laughs> isn't, the goal to, isn't the goal to get 150? Isn't, isn't the goal to win the whole game? Sometimes you sacrifice certain, certain things so that you can maintain control. But when you give up your control you're giving up everything mm. this good <laughs> so then what in the world pastor does casting mean let's look at the old testament 
The Bible says in Psalms 55 and 22, it says, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Man. Now watch this. The New Testament and the Old the New Testament, the word cast in the New Testament and the Old Testament have the same meaning. In the Old Testament, it means, cast means in the Old Testament to throw, eject, dispose of, remove. Did you know that? New Testament means to throw. Peter is saying that God wants you to throw your anxiety to him. Casting is to throw, to release, to let go. Like, like you balling up. God, I just, I'm throwing all of my issues onto you. God says, I want you to throw it all to me. I want you to throw it to me. I can take it. I want you to throw it to me. Throw every issue that you have. Give it to me. Please give it to me. Why are we throwing our, all of our issues on somebody that's not godly? When the Bible says you can throw it all to the Lord. Throw it all to Jesus. Man, I just messed me up. When I was looking at the definition, and cast means to throw, and he says, throw all of your worries, anxieties, you tripping out, throw it on to the Lord. Throw it to him. Get it out. Get it to him. God may lead you to somebody, you know, in person that you can communicate with. Of course he's going to do that. But he's going to put you in a connection with somebody that is spiritual, that is filled with his spirit and that's working for his purpose and not their own purpose. So that when, when that person leaves you, they don't feel that the presence that they got to walk away from God. They feel like, man, I got to talk more to God. The Bible says and you'll know them by your fruits. Is a person you're talking to getting close to God or are they, getting, uh, they leaving God even more? You'll find out. Now, man, you don't need to pray. What you need to do is do this and do this. Nah, bro, you need to pray. And see, I'm going to say, you need to pray to make it a day. You need to pray. You need to throw it onto God. Brothers and sisters, you just can't keep throwing your problems on any and everybody. Because that, you, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to tell you, you, by you throwing your stuff onto any and everybody, you give them direct access to now reshape and navigate your life. You say, well, I'm just speaking my heart. No, you got to guard your heart and your mind. Because if not, you'll get caught up and then they will have a hook in you. And they'll start pulling you away with their conversations. They'll start pulling you away. Why? Because you gave them the keys. You gave them the keys. You gave them the key to what you're most worried about. And now they're pulling you away because they got a familiar spirit. They ain't got a godly spirit. So now they're going to tell you, man, why don't you try? Why don't you try a yoga? Why don't you try these things? Why don't you go to these reiki centers and just have people rub their hand around you to suck the energy off of you? Why don't you go try to do that? And then the enemy going to make you feel like you got something, but you ain't got nothing. Oh, man, that was great. Try all these different type of things that God hasn't approved. But why do you do it? Because you gave them the keys. You told them what was wrong. <laughs> you told them how to get you. You told them where you hurt the most. So they just going to attack you where you hurt the most. Because you told them. You threw it all to them. And God is saying, don't put all your trust in man. Hmm? But he's saying, you can throw it on me. You can throw it on me. Listen to what the, New Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew. The Bible says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Huh? 29 says, 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Brothers and sisters, here are two antidotes, and I'm out of here. Two, two, two scriptures. It is time for you to make a stand. You have the power to resist. You have the power to make a stand. It's time for you to make a stand in the Lord. Peter says, in, in verse 9, he says, But resist him firm with your faith, knowing that the same experience and sufferings are being accomplished by your brethren who are all in the world. Peter says, you need to stand firm. You need to resist the enemy and know that you are not the only one going through something. He says that your brethren around the world is going through similar attacks. But you need to stay firm and resist the enemy. James says, four and seven, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Brothers and sisters, it is time for you to regain your rest. It's time to get your rest back. It's time to get your peace back. You need to resist the enemy. You have the power to resist the enemy. It's time to get your joy, your peace back. I want you to remember, worrying and anxiety is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't get you nowhere. God does not want you to just be rocking and nursing your issue. He wants you to go somewhere. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be liberated. He wants you to be lifted up and he wants you to throw the anchor that is weighing you down at him. He didn't say toss it. He didn't say just kick it over. He said throw it. Like, like you're throwing a football as far as you can throw it. You know, when we was in the playground, we tried to see how good our arm was. So we get in a position and we try to throw it as, as, as hard and as fast as we can and see how far that football would land. That's the picture I want you to have in your mind. You throw that problem as far away from you as you can to the Lord. And he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he says, I'm going to give you rest. The enemy does not want you to have rest or peace. But God wants you to have rest and peace. So who are you going to listen to? You going to listen to the enemy or you going to listen to God? In order to gain victory, you're going to have to resist. Pastor, how do I resist? Re let's, let's be honest. The first thing is, let, let's, let's be honest. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the power to resist yet. That's the truth. So you need to seek to get filled with the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that if you're not baptized in the name of Jesus, you are still married to the world. So you can't resist who you're married to. You can't, you, you, you can't, you can't resist the master of your life if you haven't been born again of the water and of the spirit. So the first thing, if you haven't been born again, that's what you need to do. You need to seek God and say, God, I need rest. I need peace. I need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And you can see that on our screen, Acts 2 and 38. This goes with working to change your behaviors, John 14 and 16. This goes with acknowledging that the Lord is your Savior. Now, if you have been filled and you have the power of God on the inside, then your secret weapon is prayer. Your secret weapon is taking some time and say, God, you know what? I'm going to fast for four or five hours. I'm just going to pick a day and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate this time to getting victory over my life. I'm going to kill that flesh. I'm going to kill it. 
I'm going to kill it dead so that I can get clarity in my mind. A lot of times we wait for somebody else to tell us, oh, we got to do this. But there comes a point in time when you know that you're in trouble. And just like you go to the doctor to get some medicine, you got to know that you have the power to resist. You have the power to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just break it. I'm going to stop. And God, I need your help to stop. Your secret weapon is prayer. Your secret weapon is saying, I'm going to kill my flesh. That's your secret weapon. Why? Because now you are fighting the enemy in a place that he can't win. He can't win when you pray to God. Guess what? You got the spirit of God. You can talk to God in your language. The enemy won't know what you're saying. But it's between you and God. Huh? It'd be between you and God. Bible says we speak in mysteries. We're speaking unto God. You go in your prayer closet and just let it all out. Why? So that you can get the victory, so that you can address, so that you can get clarity. The danger of casting your cares is that if you cast your cares to the wrong person, you will continue to not have rest. But God said, God said, cast your burdens upon me and he will sustain you. He will sustain you and he will never allow the righteous to be taken. The Bible also says in Hebrews in the last part, he says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. You serve a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. All you got to do is throw it to him. Will you throw it to him today? Will you make a decision that you are going to reconnect with God today? Will you make it that decision? I'm challenging you today to make that decision. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We just thank you for clarity. Understanding, Father God, that when we cast our cares upon the wrong person, we can continue to be weighed down and poisoned by the enemy. God, right now, we rebuke every demonic system. We rebuke every demonic connection that we may have made, not knowing to keep us from gaining victory in your life. We break it. We bind it right now in Jesus' name. Bob, the Bible says that whatever we loose on earth, we loose in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth, we bind in heaven. We are binding the hand of the enemy. We are binding the hand of the wicked on our lives. We are binding the hand of those toxic connections. God, my God, we are asking that if we have through our stuff, through our cares upon wicked individuals, that you break the connection right now in the name of Jesus. You break the stronghold. You break the tie. You close those relationships. You move those people away. You break the ties in the name of Jesus. God, we are going to put a united front of and we are going to resist. Because you said that if we resist, he has to flee. God give us the power and the strength to stand tall and say it loud, hallelujah, that I shall resist the devil. I will resist him. I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I will not be weighed down by my sorrows. I am going to give it to Jesus. I am going to throw it to him in the name of Jesus. God, hallelujah, give us victory when we start to feel weak in our spirit. Remind us that all we have to do is say the name of Jesus and everything ceases. Oh, God, we glorify you right now. We give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you again for tuning in and being here in the house of God. Amen. If you are feeling led to sow, you can uh, sow uh, different ways. You can go to our website, www.pbnministries.com. Press the giving button. You can cash app us at the dollar sign, P-B-N-M-I-N. And the easiest way to do is to text the word give, hashtag give, to 916-545-1284. And we'll text you right back. Amen. So until then, we will see you on Wednesday. Be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ.
Christ. Hallelujah.